We find ourselves today continuing in Jesus' last discourse to the disciples with words that are appropriate for our holiday that we celebrate today. We're in the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, the 9th through the 17th verse. Hear these words. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so you might, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was watching TV the other night and they were celebrating Steve Warner in the Grand Ole Opry. And they surprised Steve Warner with a guest. Towards the end of his section where he was going to play and it was towards the end of his show. And they surprised Steve Warner with a guest to come and congratulate him. And it was the man who has friends in low places. Some of you know that. It was Garth Brooks. And Garth came out, guitar in hand, cowboy hat on, dressed in his boots and jeans, walked to the microphone, and Garth never sang a word. He just played the guitar, and Steve kept singing. Until the end of the show, Garth never sang a note. And here's Steve Warner, and here's Garth Brooks. And I turned to my wife and I said, they should at least let Garth do a song. It's Garth Brooks. But you know why Garth was there? To support his friend. It wasn't about Garth. It was about Garth loving Steve Warner and wanting to be in that particular moment in Steve's life. I do love that Garth sings the song, I've Got Friends in Low Places. But what it says is, 
There's a choice in who we call our friend. There's a choice in who we say is our friend. How many of you choose your friends? Better yet, what's the list of qualities that your friends to have to have to become your friends? Maybe we need to look at that today. A day when the, the gospel tells us we should love like we have been loved, to love one another, and yet we still hear the words from Garth's songs, I've got friends in low places, because we can choose who our friends are? Is that what our gospel message to the world looks like? That we are people of God so much that we choose who we want to love? Do you choose who your friends are? Let me ask you this. Are there people you don't want to be friends with? Is that the better truth? Are there people that you'll walk on the other side of the street to get away from? Are there people you'll go down the other aisle in the grocery store because you don't want to encounter those people? I'm just being honest, right? We're all people. We're God's creation. And we struggle to love one another. He didn't give us 4,332 commandments. He gave us one. This is the commandment that I give for you. To love one another as you have been loved by God. Maybe that's the love we need to look at. Maybe we need to quit idolizing the love of of romanticism and get down to what real love is. Jesus says this is what real love is. Real love is that one would lay down his life for his friend. Do you hear that? One would love, if we love someone, then we're willing, and we call them our friend, then we're willing to lay our life down for them. So he calls you from jail. He's done something wrong. He needs $250 to get out on bond. You don't even want to do that. Do you? Some of us say, well, he made a mistake, so he needs to just stay in jail. But he's our friend. Right? They have a struggling marriage and they're they're having a hard time and one of them is our friend and we pick sides as they walk through their separation and divorce because they're our friend. The text says, if we love one another, we will lay down our life for one another. That's tough. That's tough. I can't think of anybody... I would physically lay down my life for, except for those who are of my blood. But I don't think that's what Jesus means. I don't think Jesus means that we actually have to die. Physically die. But I think spiritually. Jesus is calling us to an understanding of what it means to be loved by God. Although God allowed Jesus to be murdered and hung on a cross... And God worked through that murder that he could raise Jesus up from the dead so that we could be in an intimate relationship with God again. I'm not sure God's calling us to go all the way to a physical cross. But what he's calling us to do is go to an emotional cross with one another. To love someone so much that you will do whatever it takes to help that person be resurrected. 
I don't mean walk on their bad side. I mean move over into their bad side and elevate them to where they know they are a child of God again. God's calling us to step out of our comfort zone. God's calling us to walk into those places where we don't really want to go. To look into the eyes of human beings who look different than us, who smell different than us, who who do things that we can't comprehend. God's asking us to move into those places and to elevate people to the understanding of their goodness again. Well, how can we do that when I'm not sure that's been done to me? Isn't that how we look at it? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, right? Well, if somebody wrongs me, I'm going to wrong them. Is that what God did? Is that what God did? If you listen to the text today, you're going to hear what Jesus says. I chose you. So many of us say, oh, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We think we made that decision and chose that on our own. Long before. Long before we grew up to an age of accountability where we could accept Jesus as the Christ, God chose us. And I'm going to bet that if you'll just go with me, you'll know when God chose you. In your mother's womb, God chose you. God formed you and God shaped you and God knit you together. If you don't believe it, go read the book. It's in there. And he formed you into this beautiful creation. And God breathed God's life. And God said, I choose you to be one of my creations. Look around. There's not a person sitting on this pew that God hadn't chosen. Look around in your life. There's not a person in your life that God hasn't chosen. Look around at the extremes of your life, in those places you don't want to go, in those dark corners, in that opposite aisle in the grocery store, in the table across the restaurant that you don't want to sit in, in the neighborhood that you don't want to drive through. There's not a person in that neighborhood that God hasn't chosen. Because God chose us before we ever came to our senses prompted by the Holy Spirit, who's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an extension of God and humanity. That God didn't move us to realize we've been chosen. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we don't choose God. We're moved to understand how much God loves us. And we submit ourselves to that love. We move from being king of our life to being a servant of God. A friend of God is what the text says today. I no longer call you servant because I call you friend because you do what I ask you to do. You love one another. God chose us. Why would God choose somebody like me? You ever look in the mirror and you know you? Oh, God, you know you. Why would God ever choose somebody like me? Wrong question. Maybe you should say, why did God choose somebody like me? Because that happened a long time ago. It happened a long time ago, and every day, guess what? God keeps choosing you. And I want to tell you why God chose you. Because God loves you. Because God loves you. How many of you can do this? You can stand before a mirror, and you can think of everything you've done, 
every good thing, every bad thing, every relationship you've had, you can just reflect on your life. And your response is, I love you. I love you. I love you when you were bad. I love you when you were good. I love you when you denied. I loved you when you accepted. That's the love of God. That's a love that gets in us, that understands that God created us. Perfect we are not, but we are perfect in God's eye. God chose us because God loves us. God walked among, walked among the fishermen and pulled from the fishermen because he needed strong men to walk with him because he needed men who would get up and preach in trying times. He knew what was going to happen and he knew that he needed men who would stand up in their society and stand against that which was coming up, opposed to them. And he chose them for that particular purpose because he loved them. Do we look at ourselves knowing we are loved like that? Or do we look at ourselves and every little skin imperfection we pick on? Every flaw, every scar, every freckle. For some who are teenagers, every zit. Every blackhead, every mole. And we don't like ourselves. How many serums do we put on our face to take the wrinkles out? How many treatments do we give our body so it'll look good? How hard do we work out so we can not be obese? So that we can fit into society's norms because, you know, we might not be able to be liked. When you start to think about that, would you do me a favor? Would you do what my mama said? Barry, you're beautiful like you are. Beautiful just like you are. God created you special. God chose you. God chose you because God loves you. How hard is it for us to understand on this Mother's Day how much the God of all creation loves us? I mean, some of us struggle with our relationships with our mother. Some of us didn't have the perfect mother. But God chose to love us in spite of what personal relationships or personal problems we had. And do you know why he chose to love us? Jesus says, I want to give you my joy so that it may be made complete in you. We have a creator who chose us, number one, because they love us. So that we might find joy. And that joy might be manifest in our lives. How many of us walk around the world like this? I don't have enough money. Gosh, I was wronged by so and so. The world just dealt me such hard blows. I, I don't have the right circle of friends. Do we? We strive so hard to be accepted by society. When we have a God in heaven who says we're the best. And that God's joy should be oozing out of you. Now you have to excuse this next expression, but my daughter wears a t-shirt that says pimp and joy. It's a movement that's going through the world right now of where they want people to sell joy. Not literally for a dollar value, but that everything you do should be producing joy in other people. She wears this t-shirt and she wears a big smile and I get it. 
When I see it, I smile and I think about the joy that she brings me as a dad. That she brought me as a children's minister when we worked together on a team. That she brings me because she brings me my grandbabies. I think of that joy. Isn't that what Jesus is saying today? I've taught you everything about the Father's love so that you might find joy. So that you might find joy and you might know joy. What does God want for us? What does God want for us? To be joyous. We sing at Christmas time. What do we sing? Joy to the what? To the world. God doesn't say joy just for you and me. God says joy to the world. Now I'm not talking about Three Dog Night song. I'm talking about the hymn, the song we sing at Christmas. Three Dog Night was all right too. God wants for us to know joy. But we have to ground ourselves in the two facts that God chose us and God loves us. We've got to quit qualifying ourselves by what someone says about us or about how someone treats us. We, we put way, way too much credit on humanity in defining who we are. It's Mother's Day. I'll never forget that day when I watched the woman I love become a mother. I'll never forget the day we took the test and we had struggled for seven years and the test read positive. I'll never forget that day. It transformed who we were. It transformed who she was. And then the day when that baby came forth, the, ba- the day when the nurse, the doctor just slid the baby from her womb into my hands and creation was there and there was nothing but joy. Nothing but joy. And though there have been heartache and there have been trials and there have been tough times parenting that child and parenting all of our children, they bring us joy. We made a decision to be parents. And out of love, this baby was born. These babies were adopted and they bring us joy. Isn't that what God does on a greater picture? God creates and God moves and and God gives because God chooses to and because God loves us and because, because God wants us to manifest joy into the world. I have taught you everything so that your joy may be made complete. And I'm asking you to do one thing. You don't have to build the biggest church. You don't have to have the best outreach ministry. You don't have to have the greatest youth group, the greatest missions trips, the greatest voice in the community. I'm asking you to do one thing. Love one another. Love one another. Quit judging one another according to what society says. Let that joy that God's placed in your heart override everything. Remember the day of your conversion when you knew you were intimate with the Christ and God created a new you in you and you stepped out into the world full of joy. 
And here's why. God has no one but you. God chose you for a purpose. Because God loves you. And God wants to see you so joyful that you can't contain it. Because God needs you to bear fruit. And Jesus said it like this. A fruit that will last. That joy is contagious. It allows other people to see love. If we approach one another with joyous hearts and joyous minds because we're so full of love from Jesus, so full of love from the Father, that it, it exudes life. And if we can exude life to one another, then we find that joy and the joy can be complete in us too. And it can be complete in our friends and it can be complete in our families and it can be complete in that person who's on the other side of the grocery store or who lives over in the wrong part of town or who has a different skin color or has a different relationship that we don't understand. The joy will ooze and we'll be able to spread the message of God that they too are chosen, they too are loved and that God knows nothing more than for them to be joyous. Martin Luther, the great German philosopher, was once asked, if tomorrow were the last day on earth, what would you do? His reply was this, I would plant a tree. I would plant a tree. I would start life anew. I would leave a symbol of life so that it would go on for generations. Today is Mother's Day. A woman in this world gave birth to you because God created you in her womb. And no matter the circumstances, there was joy because you are loved by God and God smiled when you were born. As adults, God asks us to continue to love, to go into the world, knowing we are chosen because we are loved, and let us plant the tree of joy in all the lives we encounter. Amen and amen.